for great ideas and practical tools you can start using tomorrow to grow your business and separate you from the competition, you've come to the right place. If you're into B2B marketing and sales, then welcome to the one and only B2B marketing and sales podcast. With over 60 and counting total years in the trenches of businesses small and large, they have a plethora of knowledge and experience that generate you more leads, capture more clients, ring up more sales. Well, doggone it, just make you more money. How about that? Always thought-provoking, yet dubiously entertaining. Please welcome to their respective microphones across three time zones, your co-ringmasters, the Dave Loomis, and not the rock star, Steve Miller. Here we are. Hey, everybody. Hello. We're better known as Kelly's dad, marketing gunslinger, but you know what? Here I am. I'm just another Steve Miller. I'm just one of the Steve Millers, is what I am. But I am with the Dave Loomis. You know, you know how we call it the Ohio State University. This, this is the Dave Loomis. Correct. Correct. Thank Man, you're looking that. good. You're looking really sharp with your orange sport coat there. Yeah, it's uh, it, it attracts attention for sure. That's a, you look good. I gotta Thank say, you look Thank good. Thank you very much. Thank you. you. Know? And uh, I'll have to pull mine, pull mine out of, out of here uh, someday. So, uh, so we are back. I'll get with, with with another episode of the B2B marketing and sales podcast. Yes. And our objective every time every week with this or every time we record one of these things, our objective is to spend 20 minutes, approximately 20 minutes sharing with you really really killer ideas. We have killer conversations uh uh that we hope are going to give you stuff that you can use right now. Exactly. Exactly right. And uh, and I guess it was my turn to come up with a topic for this session today. And I said, why don't we talk about the mistakes that B2B marketers make? And uh, and you said, ooh, I don't think we can keep it under 20 minutes. But True. anyway, <laughs> so... <laughs> So, uh, so I've got I I wrote down three here that I want I want to share, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let you kick it off and and share, you know, a, a mistake that you see B2B marketers making all the time. Okay, great. I wrote down five, and depending <laughs> on time, see, this is the way this is the way it always is. You see, we do need more than more than twenty minutes, but I'll I'll choose my top. No, three. I don't want to do more than twenty minutes. No, no, we're not we're not doing it. No, we're uh, not. So we, uh, I, I'm going to choose my top three. Give me a good one. And actually, I dare you to give me one that's on my list. Um, okay. And I will. We have not compared notes. I will get. No, we have not compared we'll, notes. We'll see if any, any of my three are, are, are here. You okay. said you have five, but okay. Yeah. I'm going to start with um, the new logo that will change everything. That is not on my list, but dang it, it should be. Why is that a mistake? Well, companies have a tendency to, especially B2B companies, have lived with their logos a long time. Um, a lot of times they're older companies. Sometimes they're multi-generational companies. Um, sometimes whoever came up with the logo originally, it was fine, but it was utilitarian. Um, it was before the web, and it wasn't really necessarily as important. 
now. That's our front door that anyone can access. And, um, you know, styles have changed and things like that. So there's a temptation to change the logo. And I think a lot of times it's, it's we get bored. Sure. Sure. We get bored. We, we you know, somebody tells the, the owner on the golf course, you know, hey, I got a new logo. And the, and the person says, you know, we need a new logo. We need ours is, ours is boring. And it's going to change everything. It change everything. It's, why, do they why do they think it's going to change everything? Oh, I think because um, people put too much stock in branding um, in isolation. I, I think that, uh, that at least I've seen this as one of the mistakes is that assuming that you can change a logo or update, you know, sort of the brand look and feel from an aesthetic standpoint. And then lo and behold, all of a sudden that makes you a contemporary modern company with great, better service, more efficient processes, all the things that you need to actually be successful, but you've actually only changed one thing, a visible thing. You just change the icon. Just change it. Yeah. And so my, my, I guess I'll close out that, that by saying um, it is often a very, very good idea to change the logo. So that's not my point. My point is that that's not all that has to change. Well, it means that there's, there's a lot bigger problems than just. Sure. Just the logo. Yeah. If you have to change, yeah. if you have to change everything else, because that's, you're right. I agree with that. You have to change. There's a lot of stuff that would have to be changed. Yeah. With yeah. that, okay. So I got to look at my list here and see what okay. I think. Um, I'm going to say that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know how to drink water. Um, I'm going to say that the the a big mistake that I see B2B marketers make is that they when they plan a campaign, um, they number one, uh, they they don't think strategy; they think tactic. That they think tactical first, and they think in terms of the tool that they're that they want to use, you know, rather than going through a strategy. So they'll say it'll like and you know, for example, like right now, um, and you and I had a conversation about this the other day about TikTok. Yeah. So so while this is being recorded, TikTok is really just flying, and it's really exploding. And there there are a lot of companies out there who are now saying. And, and companies in the B2B world. And they're, they're not saying, you know, maybe we should be on TikTok. Maybe we should be investing in, in you know, uh, in doing these videos for TikTok. And yeah. that is just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you, agree or, do you agree or disagree with me? Uh, jumping to tactical, to tactical conclusions before a strategy is always wrong. It might not end up being the right tactic, but that's beside the point. You need to make sure that the strategy is sound and that it informs the tactic, right? Right. Right. And I, and, and I think one of the biggest questions I always ask is, are you sure that your target market, I call them the moose, are you sure that they are hanging out there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are they are they really you know living in that in that place? Because you know, I mean, one of the one of the very very basic tenets of good marketing is you go where the prospects are. 
Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's what you do. <laughs> you go, you go where they are already are, you know, and uh, just because somebody else says to you to go, go do uh TikTok, Don't be an idiot. Yeah. All right. Don't, don't be don't an idiot. idiot. All right, your turn again. So that, yeah, that was not on my list, but but it's good. Okay, so we're both fast. We're both one, one, one for one. All right, we're one. Uh, okay. Um, here's a good one. Asking your salespeople to do too much with the CRM system. Okay. So, uh, we, it, it is the B2B marketing and sales podcast. Yes, and it we is. Don't talk enough about sales side of things, but uh, marketing people are very clever and they are, uh, ironically, the ones who usually end up being in charge of the CRM system. And I don't, you know, it could be salesforce.com, it could be HubSpot, it could be whatever system mm-hmm. you use. Right. And you know, you and I have both seen the entire trajectory from beginning to end to current of CRM systems hitting the scene and the shock to sales people's system and lives and so forth. Um, and I think my point is that uh, all these systems are going to um, sell you a lot of bells and whistles and they're going to keep coming out. It's not going to stop because there's huge competition. They're just going to keep coming out with feature after feature. Their whole job is to keep adding features. And and then we say to the sales force, okay, well, aside from the fact that you have to log um, all your prospects in here and then create new opportunities for every sales pitch that you're going to make, and then record potentially every email that you send to them through this system or log every contact that you have with them and take notes of that. We're going to ask you some other things. It starts with simple profiling and then it's, then it, it just snowballs out of control until a salesperson tries to do some selling during the day, but spends a lot of time entering things into their CRM system and then has dinner and then enters things into their CRM system for the rest of the night. And that's not in the DNA of a good salesperson. Of a good salesperson. Yeah. Yeah. There's two, two, two backup comments that I have about that. Number one, good salespeople basically say, get out of my way. You know, I want to go sell. Yeah. Okay. That's what they're, they're paid to sell. Not not sit in front of a you know tappity 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 right, uh, um, and, you know and and the other thing is that these these systems are are good to a certain extent, but not real in, in my opinion they're really not meant for salespeople. They're meant for people who monitor salespeople. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's all well and good to know your numbers and know your, you know, and and, and all all that sort of stuff. So you can kind of ha- you kind of have a benchmark that you can follow and track and, and 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 see how people are doing. But the best salespeople, they just want to sell. Right, that's all they want to do. They, they just they let do. me go sell. There's always it's kind of a, you know there's going to be a bell curve because there's going to be a few um, a few resistors who just are horrible at it and, and either, you know, say they're just not going to do it 
And then the company has to decide, does this person stay on or not? There's also at the other end of the tail, there's like power users. There's going to be a power user or two that everybody looks at and has a lot of, you know, catches attention because they've used the thing like crazy. And they're like, why can't everybody be like Sally? Look at Sally. She does this. And then Sally beams and, you know, and then other people roll their eyes. And, you know, kind of shake our heads and because we're not really like Sally. She's a, an outlier. Right. Right. So, okay. So that's, okay. that's, that's my next one. And that was not on my list. Okay, good. Good. Um, usually if you say CRM, it, it's nowhere on my list. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, my, my next one is um, that B2B marketers tend to think that they have to be serious they have to be professional in their marketing they have to talk professionally they have to look professional you know and and they you know they look like a bank you know you might and it doesn't really matter what you do you might be a, a, a you know you know you might build build widgets i don't know what you know but they just tend they, ha- they and, and i keep saying to people you are people doing business with people you know, you don't have to be that serious. You can you can relax a little bit in your tone, and you can you can have a little bit of fun fun with them. What do you think? I think you're absolutely right. Also, not on my list, but really um, in, insightful. I think part of it may be that there's a lot of engineers in B two B companies. Um, now, this is not a knock on engineers. It's just that engineers are tend to be more process oriented and um, and might be a little bit more serious when it comes to you know certain interactions. That's all. But but I think that is absolutely fantastic advice because we're selling people. People buy from people that they like and. They talk to people that they like for for a voice of customer. It's it's uh that's a great, great point. Yeah. Yeah. One of my clients uh over over the COVID when they were we, we were trying to figure out ways to uh um get people to see because I always say it, you know, people do you know, it's the old phrase of people do business, people they know that they like and that they trust, but that but in I add in and remember. Okay. Right. Gotta re- they were to wear an orange sport coat. Got to work. That's right. That's exactly right. And so this one client of mine decided they were going to go out and they made deliveries during COVID uh, to their top prospects. Uh, and, and they gave them all real radio flyer red wagon. Cool. And the message was, Don't hey, forget that. radio flyer has been around for a while. Okay, you know, how, you remember them as a kid, and they're still here now. They're still building their their vehicles. You know, well, our company is just celebrating its 40th anniversary, and uh, and we are still building our 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 equipment is the the radio flyer of our industry. Okay, we we it's it's solid. You know, it's been around. You know, you can depend on it. All that sort of stuff. And ab and but when they started when the the prospects started to have face-to-face calls again these guys these guys just knocked it out of the park because everybody remembered the red flyer 
Wow. Wow. I mean, some the radio, people, radio flyers. Some, some, yeah. Well, some people send, send little flyers in the mail, like a paper flyer. <laughs> and some people send real radio, radio flyers. flyers. Oh, I wish I had thought of that during that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. What, uh, all right. Did, did you have that on your? On your no. no, I didn't have that on there, but that's excellent. That's excellent. Okay. Um, okay. Here's, here's another one. And um, it might be my favorite one. And it's probably the most macro, the one that comes closest to overall business strategy. Okay. I can't okay. wait. Mistake, right? Mistake. Mistake. Not choosing to focus. Trying to be all things to all people. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. Let's see. Is that on my list? No. Okay. Well, but, I, I just, you know. But it, you know what? That is so. Speaks for itself. Doesn't it? Because. It really, it really does. When people I say, you know, when, when I, I say, who's your target market? Oh, everybody. I, I say, don't quit your day job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or maybe do quit your day, day do job. Do quit your day job or something uh, because, because what, what does that, you know, come on, stop it. Not everybody. And, and, and sometimes they won't say everybody, but under um, intense uh, uh, scrutiny and questioning, it turns out that it's pretty much everybody. And, and you, you make a really good point there because uh, uh, often, you know, I'll, I'll say it's not everybody. And they'll go, oh, no, 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 I don't mean that. It's not everybody. But you know what? They, it, it's like, you know, but they go out and they knock on everybody's door. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just like, um, you know, a choice to, say, focus on B2B versus B2C. But, but in, in many industries, um, you're selling to different market segments. And uh, it's hard to really, really excel selling to all market segments. And you, you all know, you can, do, you can run your numbers. Anybody who's listening can run the numbers of your company by segment. And you can see that there are ones that you sell a heck of a lot more to, probably based on original company history and just success over time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, you, you've e uh, eased into selling to other, other segments, edged out um, with some success, some with not as much success. Takes resources to do that. You do it under pressure because management says we need to grow. Right. And um, we need to grow organically. We're not going to do any more acquisitions, et cetera, et cetera. So you try, yeah. But 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 you will almost always fail trying to do everything, and it hurts positioning too. Because if I was really in the heart of the of of what you do best, I would love to come to your website because you you know do, I heard of you or you called me and I said okay well let me check these guys out. I would love to come and see myself reflected. In your website, but if I see everybody, all segments, I think oh, these people do everything. They don't really know me that well. I suppose they they can serve me, but if I see more of me, that's more effective. Mm -hmm. I just think focus is effective. Yeah. Okay, last one. We got time for my my last one. Great. Right. 
All right. And and that is too many marketers follow the follower. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, I often talk about the box and I say, you know, we've all heard about the box. Now, number one, uh, nobody's ever really explained, well, what is the box? Uh, And the way I explain it is the box is your world. That's what it is. It's, it's, if, if we look at your industry, let's say you're in aerospace and your, that's your industry. Well, the box that you are in is the aerospace box. Okay. So all of your competitors are in there. All the customers that are in there, uh, suppliers are in there. They're all in that box. And what we tend to do as marketers is that when we try to come up with some new ideas, we tend to look at, we just study the box. We study the companies that are in the box because that's our world. We see them at the same trade shows. We read the same magazines. We go to the same conferences. We, we, you know, so we hang out with each other. And then what we do when we want to come up with a new idea for either a strategy or a campaign or something like that, we tend to just look at the other, other people in our, our industry and we say, what are they doing? We can do it better. Or we better do that too. I think it's fascinating that there's actually like a, a, an actual um, strategy to be a fast follower. And I always am very suspicious of that strategy because that is a company that has actually decided that they're not going to be on the forefront of innovation. That's that right. They're actually going to let competitors figure it out. And then they're going to supposedly follow fast. The only problem is the kind of companies that don't want to be on the forefront of innovation are slow and they're not fast followers. They're slow followers, which is worse. It, it, almost, almost always, almost always like that. And, and, and I mean, I get the fact that you want, you need to know how the competition is doing to understand where you stand. Absolutely. Because there's that minimum viable product or service or something like that that we all all need. We talked about competition last week. Yeah, we talked about competition. But as I tell everybody, build your own box. Just build your own box, fill it with all the stuff that you want to put in there, write your own rules of competition, you know, and and don't don't follow, because it's all just a bunch of followers following each other. You know, or there might be one, a, a leader, but all, everybody else is following the leader. Okay. If you can't beat them, go build your own box. I love that. I love that. There's a lot of inspiration from other, from other industries and other uh, yep. places and so forth. I mean, and, or just there's something brand new that's never been done before. That's right. You know, what, and, and, you know, it could be what's brand new in another industry, or it could be something that's common. In another industry, but is not common in yours. Correct. No, Correct. and uh, that's that's why you go build your own box and you study you study outside. So, I love that. Love that phrase. That is that is great. Well, we went through six really interesting and very very different uh, mistakes, common mistakes. Yeah, we had to limit. Oh, so we're going to extend this more than twenty minutes, right? Now we're going to go on to the next. <laughs> no, we are not. We're not. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, we All promised right. these people twenty okay. minutes, and then You're we're right. done. So, I, yeah, uh, I so we are, and uh, and I'm going to say that our next um, episode, uh, we are going to talk about sales, and we're going to have a, another special guest. 
uh, who actually, this will be her first time on with us, and it will not be her last time on with us. We're going to bring on my smoking hot wife, Kay Miller, who is a sales person extraordinaire. At one time, she was the world's number one automotive muffler salesperson. She worked for Walker Automotive, and she was their top salesperson. And uh, she's going to come in, and she's going to teach you and me <laughs> a few things that we don't know. Taught. We're going to be taught. That's, That's right. Great. It's going to be a lot of fun. I look really forward, look forward, forward to, that. to that, to seeing one of the K. Millers. That's right. One of the K Millers. That's that's exactly right. So, All right. Uh, so this is so I'm I'm one of the Steve Millers and the Dave Loomis signing right. off. Until next time. We'll see you then. Thank you. If you like us, what? like us. Yes. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of the one and only B2B Marketing and Sales Podcast, the source for B2B Marketing and Sales Insights. If you enjoyed the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave these old guys a five-star rating. Check the show notes for any links and contact information. You can always contact us by going to B2Bmarketingsalespodcast.com. Thank you, and keep on marketing. Keep on selling.